I was looking at 15 years in prison and I'm sitting in a jail cell bragging about, you know, look at me, look what I'm doing. I thought it was like Scarface or something, you know, and I thought I was this big guy doing stuff. And in reality, I wasn't doing anything. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Lay. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution. God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Lay. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Lately, we've been talking about the concept of whether or not our futures are already predetermined by our past upbringing. The way we're raised, maybe you would feel, has a big deal on your future. Well, you see, the way people are raised does play a huge role in someone's life, but what if our pasts are troubled? Does that mean that our futures have to be troubled? Well, in our last show, we had Daniel Jacobson share with us how he grew up around drugs as his parents and his friends were all engaged in drug use and their dealings. He told us how setting up lines for drugs, drinking, smoking were just a normal part of life. That it was seen like a common ritual that eventually he would himself walk into. And he did. As he got older, he got into marijuana, drinking, then methamphetamines, then methadone, and he got hooked onto opioids. He told us how he was pained inside as he was always yearning for that picture-perfect family. And so he got married at a young age and he tried to have that. However, the drug addiction started to ruin everything. He got so addicted that he overdosed and nearly died, but he couldn't shake that addiction. Today, we're going to learn how he found something better in his life. Daniel, welcome to the show. No problem. Thank you for having me. Daniel, it truly is great to have you with us today. Because you aren't even supposed to be here with us sharing this story. You were on your deathbed. I mean, you coded, meaning you flatlined and died. But looks like somehow you survived. You woke up being handcuffed to a medical bed. And though you escaped death, you woke up desiring the very thing that nearly killed you. Methadone. Is that right? That's right. So they let you go. What happened next? I went and hit the pharmacy up, turned in a prescription, got my next fix, if you will, and hit the streets. And I ended up getting arrested shortly after. And it's honestly the first introduction that I had with who God is and that there is a God. There's someone other than me. Hmm. What you mean is you encountered God after you got arrested. But before we talk about that encounter, did you even believe in God before? Well, during my upbringing, you know, God was never anything but, you know, like a comic book character or a swear word. My family wasn't spiritual. They had no church background, none of that, you know. So it was imaginary. I had no relationship with this God that I was told about and that I heard about. Wow. And interestingly, though you didn't really believe in God much during that time, when you flatlined, you woke up thinking you were invincible and that death couldn't get to you because you were that strong inside. Yeah. Tell us about how you were thinking when you woke up in that hospital bed. Well, you know, watching my friends die around me, you know, it seemed like every month I was losing another friend from the same stuff that I was doing, doing less than what I was doing. So I figured I could do anything I need to do. You know, I'd do anything I want to do. I was invincible. I was like Superman is what I told people. And when I did get arrested, I was looking at 15 years in prison for felony trafficking and distribution and sales. 
And I'm sitting in a jail cell bragging about, you know, look at me, look who I'm doing. I thought it was like Scarface or something, you know, and I thought I was this big guy doing stuff. Yeah. And in reality, I wasn't doing anything. And this guy came walking up to me and he was one of those guys that everybody listened to, you know, and I was talking to him about stuff and every other word out of my mouth was a swear word and war stories. And I used to do this and I used to do that. And this guy looked at me and he's like, man, you know, are you happy to be here? I'm like, no, I'm not happy to be here. And he said, you know, you have a choice. You don't have to be here. And I was like, what do you mean I have a choice? And he goes, man. He's like, nobody ever told you that you don't have to be who your parents told you were, who people around you told you were. You don't have to turn out to be like them. And he did give me a scripture and he told me that any man in Christ is a new creation, that the old life is gone and new life has begun. And he told me this and saying that you don't have to live that old life anymore. You have a choice today. Wow. That is amazing. Like here you are saying that life is a choice, that you don't have to follow the same footsteps as your parents. But did you listen to him or did you blow it off? You know, I took it to heart. He was one of those guys that people listened to. And he reminded me a lot of the people I grew up around, you know, in and out of prison. And I looked at him like an uncle or an older brother. So I tried taking what he said seriously. I did like, I don't know, 14 months on that turn. And when I got out, it was right back to the same thing. You know, I, I wanted to die. I was on a death mission. I didn't want to live is what it came out to. Any prayers that I had were suicidal prayers where God take me out of this. I don't want to do this anymore. Since you're not taking me out, I'm going to do it myself. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell you how many times I woke up not remembering how I got there or what I did, you know, waking up in my own vomit. It was horrible. There was no quality at all. Man, you are really sharing with us the reality of drug addiction. It sounds like you were at the point of hating yourself because you couldn't stop. Yeah, definitely. And you prayed out to God that you wanted to die. What brought you to that point? Another failed relationship and another just few years of running. And I still felt unfulfilled. And I remember thinking we had this old tree up in the woods by where I live. And I was like, I can just go out there and throw a rope over it and it'll be a wrap, you know? Yeah. And I remember thinking how easy it would be. And then I remember thinking how hard it would be on my family. And I'm like, I'm stressing, I'm pacing back and forth in my living room. And I'm like, just like frustrated because I tried to pick up, I carried a Bible with me, but I'd never open it up. And when I did open it up, it wouldn't make any sense to me. And I knew it was because of the lifestyle I was living. You know, the Bible is just a book to somebody who doesn't have the Holy Spirit. Hmm. And I remember putting it down and I remember hitting my knees in front of my couch and my Bible's laying on my couch and I opened it up and I'm looking at it and it's just totally blurry. And I got tears in my eyes and snot running down my face and I'm just sobbing to where my stomach hurt. And I remember thinking, you know, how could you do this to me, God? How come you can't take me out? How come I'm, how come I lost everything again? You know, I still don't have my daughter. I don't have anything right now. I don't have anybody I could even talk to. Oh. And I remember looking at the Bible and like two lines just went totally bold and black. And it said that I'm the one that creates the light and brings the darkness. I bring prosperity and I create calamity. And it's crazy how it hit me like a ton of bricks at that time. And I had to look more into it. But basically, he was telling me, I did this because I want you to know who I am, who mm -hmm. God is. You know, I brought you through this because before you thought you knew who I was, but I wanted to bring you into a true relationship with who I really am, that I am the God of grace and mercy, that I am merciful, that I did allow you to go through these things, but I saved your soul and I saved your life because I have a greater purpose for you. Wow. That the only fulfillment you're ever going to find is in me. Wow. And when he showed me that, it was like somebody hit me in the chest with a Mack truck and it snapped me out of whatever I was going through. And from that day on, my life has just been a complete 180. I can't even explain it in words. It's been crazy. My gosh. So here you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, which is amazing. But what about the drug addiction? I mean, this is years of conditioned addiction from seeing it from childhood to being an adult and having a full-blown near overdose. Yes. Did faith in Christ change that? Yeah, I haven't touched anything in a little bit over three years now. 
and I haven't even had the desire to use. I don't look for it. I don't entertain the thought. I deal with my physical pain on a daily basis now, and I have no desire to try to self-medicate in any way. That's amazing. It sounds like Jesus brings something to your life that brings true fulfillment. It sounds like Jesus showed you that your identity wasn't a drug addict, but that it was something new, something powerful. What would you say to someone who's struggling with something like that, that maybe they see that their identities are the very thing that they're struggling with? What would you say to them? I can tell you what nobody ever told me was that even when I was out there running from God, running from myself and running from all these things that I I thought I was running from, that God was right there the whole time, that he loves us so much that he's going to let us run just far enough to show us who he really is in us. You know, our identity is found in, it's not found in our jobs. It's not found in our family. It's not found in any material possession because when we lose all that, we're left with ourselves and God. God will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He's always there with us and he's always got his hand over us. Wow. Amazing, Daniel. Thanks so much for sharing that encouraging word to someone out there. I believe it has the power to bring hope to someone going through a difficult time. It's amazing how honest and open you are about your testimony, man. Truly, Jesus has the power to change our futures away from the broken portions of our past. This story brings so much hope, Daniel. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you again. I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. Hold tight. The show isn't over yet. I want to talk deeper about your future right after the break. My friends, this is Evangelist Anlay, and I have a huge heart to study how Jesus is working in people's lives today and how he can change the lives of so many more. Will you partner with me to get this show on another radio station in a different state? Together, we're learning and demonstrating that Jesus is alive and touching lives everywhere. Help us to get out the good news. We're looking for monthly giving partners from $5 a month to $100 a month. Anything helps. You can learn more about this by going to AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. Real Life Radio is a ministry of Awakening the Nations, a 501c3 nonprofit organization that depends on your donations. If you would like to find out more about Awakening the Nations or make a tax-deductible donation, please visit our website at AwakeningTheNations.com or call us at 877-480-4477. That's AwakeningTheNations.com or 877-480-4477. More real life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? The question we're really trying to discover is, do we really have to repeat our past upbringings? Well, yes and no. As you're listening to Daniel's story, I think we're all seeing a specific picture. The answer depends. You see, ancient writings reveal that iniquity will transpose to lower generations. It is written in Exodus 34, 6-7. And the Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and the fourth generation. You see, iniquity and guilt can transpose to lower generations like a curse. Christians call them generational curses. It is a curse, and the judgment and consequences that follow are like a curse. Think about your life. Think about your upbringing. And as I get older, though I think I will never repeat my past, trying to do that, I do. Can you relate to that? So, what is the way out of that? How did Daniel discover the way out of his familial habit of drug abuse and addiction? 
You see, there's a pathway revealed in ancient scriptures that Jesus did a work that we can step into and switch allegiances in order to truly break free from generational curses. It's written in Romans 6.20-22. For when you are slaves of sin, you are free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end everlasting life. According to the scripture, the pathway to making a new path is dying to the old master of this sin that lives inside of us and making God our new master. And Jesus is the only one who paid the price to make this a true spiritual pathway for us today. It wouldn't exist unless he died on that cross. So have you walked into your freedom from your past yet? Or the past of your forefathers? If you haven't, let me pray for you. Lord Jesus, I'm lifting up the person who is looking back and saying, oh my gosh, I'm doing the very thing I said I would never do. I'm doing that very thing. Lord Jesus, we release that to you right now. And we're asking for the newness to come and for the old to pass away. We ask for this in Jesus' mighty name. We ask for you to come into our lives in Jesus' name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony. And I know that your life was touched. If you want to know more about us or to make a tax-deductible donation, please check us out at AwakeningTheNations.com. That's AwakeningTheNations.com. See you next time.